Should you list your show in the Google Play podcast portal? This is the Law Podcasting Podcast, where you learn how to use modern media to get your message out and more good clients to your law practice. Here's your host, Gordon Firemark. Well, hello again, everybody, and welcome back to episode number 39 of the Law Podcasting Podcast. I am your host, Gordon Firemark, with just a little frog in my throat today. And this is the show where I bring you information about how lawyers can use the power of podcasting to support and develop their businesses, even if they're not podcasting specifically about the law. Now, today, we will be talking about the Google Play Music podcast portal and specifically about the terms of service excuse me, that Google has provided for the new service. But first, let me just tell you a little bit about how this show is brought to you. The Law Podcasting Podcast is brought to you by Power Podcasting for Lawyers, the only how-to podcasting course designed specifically for attorneys, where you can learn the ins and outs of creating and producing your own law podcast so you can grow your practice by building authority, affinity, and trust with prospective clients and referral sources. With short, easy-to-digest video and audio lessons and a community of like-minded lawyer podcasters, Power Podcasting for Lawyers is the best way to get your show off the ground smoothly and quickly. Learn more about Power Podcasting for Lawyers at lawpodcasting.com. All right, and with that little message out of the way, I will jump right in. We'll talk a little bit about the Google Play Music Podcast portal. So first of all, what is this portal? Well, it is basically a place for uh, Android users, folks that use Google devices and, and devices that use the Google Android software, to uh, access their uh, podcasts sort of more natively using the uh, the Google Play uh, store rather than having to use other third-party um uh, uh, apps and things like that on their devices. And uh, this has been something that uh, podcasters have been clamoring for for a while. And I think a lot of listeners also uh, feel like they want to be uh, a little more native in the way they, they consume podcasts. Podcasters are um, talking quite a lot about this and, and Google has made it very easy to list your show with the portal. It's a matter of just entering your RSS feed URL and verifying ownership and publishing and uh, and there you go. It's quite easy and um, many of the plugins for uh, WordPress that use uh, that, that are designed to help create those RSS feeds have uh, just recently updated and added in uh, additional fields that will support the Google Play um, uh, store, and that way um, more of those fields will be listed as metadata that uh, Google can search on and and index and those kinds of things. So the the idea here is that the the Google Play Music Podcast Portal offers a place for podcast creators and distributors to submit their podcasts and other content for distribution by Google on Google Play and as part of search results and as part of Google Now. You can use the portal for your own original content and content that you are absolutely positive you have authorization to use on a worldwide basis and permit Google to distribute and uh, the the material as set forth in the terms of service, which is what I'm reading you from. Um, so Google goes to some pains to say you must be positive you have authorization on a worldwide basis to use this stuff and to allow Google to distribute it and that you have both the sound recording and composition rights for any music that you include in any podcast. So this references the two copyrights, that there's a musical composition that underlines every 
musical record, almost every musical recording. And so um, you have to have both of those copyrights. Plus for any art, photos, biographical materials, there's no copyright in biographies. That's factual stuff. But uh, any other material, marketing materials, things like that that you submit, you have to have all uh, the rights for all those forms of distribution identified in the podcast terms. Now, the terms of the podcast uh, portal terms of service are you know pretty standard, generally speaking, as uh, terms of service go for um, online services and, and portals and things like this. But there are a few, few differences from what you might expect from what you see with Apple's iTunes, for example, and, and, uh, and uh, other uh, services like Stitcher and so on. Uh, and I'm, so I'm going to sort of highlight some of that a little bit. Now, first of all, of course, we know that Google is an advertising platform and as such, they are, of course, reserving the name, the right, excuse me, to uh, uh, to add ads around and surrounding your your content. Now, what is unclear from the uh, from the terms of service is whether they're going to be adding pre roll and post roll uh, material um, to your to your show when you list it with them. And that's something that I would want to investigate a little bit more. They do allow you to include your own podcast, what they call podcast creator sold ads within the podcast content. Um, and, uh, and they also refer to, um, their YouTube advertising methods and models. So I think it's reasonable to think that they will be doing pre-roll advertising the way that they do on, on YouTube. Now, what I don't know is whether there are, uh, uh, going to be a way to opt out, whether there's going to be a way to opt out from their uh, stuff. The division of proceeds and revenues is very uh, sort of clear and, and as expected. You keep what you sell in advertising and include in the body content of your show, and they keep what they generate from uh, whatever advertising they sell and, and include. So you know, that's my first point of concern is are they going to be essentially adding something to my content? Um, it's one thing if they want to frame it and they want to do, um, uh, you know, uh, AdWords kinds of ads and, and those kinds of things. But if they're going to do a pre-roll for everybody who downloads and, you know, using the, the portal, um, uh, if they're going to do a pre-roll on my stuff, I'm not sure I'm, I'm okay with that. So the other thing that, that is different about this portal from other uh, podcasting podcatchers, if you will, like iTunes, is that Google is going to download the RSS feed and any other files and resources referenced in the feed. You are giving them the explicit right to actually download and store that stuff uh, rather than the way iTunes and, and other places do it, which is more to index the stuff and point the uh, uh, the end user applications and um, uh, listening tools to the RSS feed itself, I think what Google's going to be doing is essentially creating its own library of this content. And you're giving them the right to make copies, transcode, download, and store on their own servers all copies of the podcast content, including anything that is linked or referenced in the feed. And, um, and that they can reproduce and distribute the content to their users, including by download or other uh, subscriptions and so on. They can encode, transcode, stream, make publicly available, publicly perform, and distribute contents of uh, uh, copies of the content, including the right to provide, <coughs> excuse me, continued access to any podcast content to any users who previously downloaded a copy of that content, 
even if the content has later been removed from the RSS feed. Now, that's a, a concern for me because, you know, as you know, you may post an, an episode and then later learn that there's something in there that's false and therefore um, maybe harms a person's reputation. And from a legal standpoint, that could be defamatory. Uh, you might post something and then later realize that you didn't have the right to use the, the copyrighted material that's embodied in the show. Or maybe you got a cease and desist letter and decided to comply with it by taking the material out of your feed. Well, if Google is going to be downloading that and continuing to make it available to its users, now they are essentially um, eliminating your ability or reducing your ability to comply with those demands and and or just to do the right thing. Um, they are also going to be applying uh, their own content identification criteria, you know, their content ID system to your content. Um, they're going to use the content for internal research, development, and copyright measures such as content identification. So that's a point of concern for me. Um, I don't love the idea that they're going to be downloading and storing my content or that they are going to be um, uh, preserving that content even after I remove something from my RSS feed. I would be okay, I think, with them storing the content as long as they periodically synchronize with the RSS feeds so that the show that I create, including the compilation that becomes the feed, um, is is mine and, and their version of it is consistent with mine. As soon as it stops being consistent, I don't know that I want them uh, holding it out as mine. And so um, without putting some disclaimers or, or some – other kinds of uh, uh, indicators um, or removing – well, normally in the, in the television or film industry, we would want the right to remove credit so that the attribution is no longer given if the material has been materially changed from what was originally intended. And so that's a concern for me um, uh, there. Now, um, <clears throat> they are also insisting that you give them a non-exclusive free – License to use the uh, the podcast creator's brand features, and by brand features, let me see if I can find the definition of that. That was an interesting one here. Um, <clears throat> the names, logos, trademarks, designs, and trade names of you, your your show, your party, and so on. Essentially, giving Google the opportunity to use those things in their marketing and promotion, <coughs> presumably of the store itself. But um, this is something I'm a little concerned about. So again, you're going to want to read these uh, terms of service very carefully and they're available to you as soon as you go to the, uh, the page um, for the podcast portal, which I will give you again at the end of the show. Um, but uh, anyway, I have a few points of concern there. Next up um, – uh, well, I mentioned no revenue share. They are going to present audio, video, and display advertisements in connection with their distribution of your content on Google Play. And uh, they're not going to share any of that revenue with you. Now, on YouTube, when you post a video, they do have a, a method where they will share with their partners. Anybody who has posted some a certain amount of content and uh, agreed to some terms can become a YouTube partner. Uh, anyway, they um, um, – they will not display, they say, any pre-roll or mid-roll advertisements in connection with the podcast content and will not sell or target ads directly against specific podcast content or any particular podcast creator. Okay, so that's good news. But um, they're saying that you will not be entitled to any royalties, revenue, or any other monetary compensation in connection with their distribution of your content. So 
not the most favorable license terms there. Although I dare say that you know if if uh, iTunes is uh, you know cross advertising adjacent to your podcast in their in their iTunes store, or if Stitcher is promoting something else um, in a way that is visible to someone who visits their site, uh, you're not getting any of the revenue from that either. So I guess it's not really the end of the world, but still something something to think about. Um, and they do impose some requirements on the ads that you sell inside your content. Uh, you have the right to include podcast creator sold ads in the content subject to compliance with their ad policies, Google's ad policies. Uh, you have the right to retain all the money and so on and so forth. Uh, and um, But Google has the right to uh, block any content or advertisements that contain any uh, material that doesn't comply with the Google ad policies. And they can require you to remove those creator-sold ads from playback or display if it violates their ad policies. So they, they get to tell you whether or not an ad can stay in your show. Now, if you have a contract with an advertiser that requires you to provide a certain message, a certain ad, a certain way, and you get paid for that, and um, you've done that, and then Google comes along and tells you, you've got to pull that out, that would put you, if you did that, it would put you in breach of the contract with the advertiser. So again, points of concern here for me. Uh, most of us, that's not going to be a big issue. Um, our advertisers are going to be reasonably understanding about that, and we can replace things pretty easily. But um, you know, there may be circumstances where a particular um, product or service, for some reason, runs afoul of Google's advertising um, criteria. And uh, I don't know, perhaps you do a relationship show and, and you advertise a dating site and Google doesn't want to um, sell ads to, you know, or have material related to dating and, and uh, romance or, or uh, uh, other kinds of personal connection websites. Uh, that might be something to be concerned about. Now, here's another point. Uh, they can take down um, material, as can you. You can remove your podcast content from Google Play, but... If you remove that material, it will it will be out of the RSS feed, um, and uh, you can terminate your podcast creator account. They will use quote reasonable efforts to remove the applicable content from Google Play, so that such content is no longer quote visible to existing or new users. And they have two days to do that. Okay, that's that's pretty reasonable. My concern with the word visible is. It, it may still be available to those people, but not visible. And in fact, they even go so far as to say, provided that the podcast content will still be available to users that have already downloaded the content to their devices. So troubling for me, in my view. Now, they, of course, then include language about no obligation to make content available, and they reserve the right to remove and all those kinds of things. Nothing surprising in there, um, per se. But, um, you know, uh, anyway, nothing, nothing surprising there. They do require that you make a representation that you have permission to use the name and likeness of each identifiable, uh, excuse me, identifiable individual person whose name or likeness is contained or used within the podcast content and to use such individuals identifying or personal information to the extent that it's used in your, in your content. Now, this is troubling for me because there is no such legal requirement in every instance. Um, you know, people do have a right of privacy and they do have a, uh, a right of what's called the right of publicity, which is the right to control commercial uses of their name and likeness. But when you in, mention a person's name inside the body of a, of a podcast content, that is not commercial use. 
And uh, that's that's very strongly protected under the First Amendment free speech principles. So I'm a little troubled to, at the notion that now if I mention, I don't know, say Donald Trump in this podcast as I just did, I now have to tell Google that I have the absolute right and authority and permission to use his name. Or if I'm doing a video podcast that, and I wanted to include a photo of Donald Trump or of Marilyn Monroe or Elvis Presley or anybody, that I would absolutely have to have the permission to do so. And that's just not the way the law works. So this could be um, uh, a troubling thing for you depending on the kind of show that you do. And um, and there you have it. Now, I think part of it is they're concerned that they are going to use some of your content in this way, in these commercial ways. And so they want to know what's what's safe and what's not. But this isn't the way to do it, to, to make you responsible for that when you otherwise wouldn't be when publishing your show. And um, uh, and there you have it. Uh, you go on to guarantee that your content – that they, excuse me, the use or exploitation of your content by Google – and its authorized sub-licensees and distributors, and by users of Google Play, uh, will not infringe or violate any third-party rights. Now, the, the fact is, yours may not infringe any third-party rights, but the way they use your content might infringe on third-party rights if they were doing, say, a commercial or running an ad that features, I don't know, something, uh, you know, something, a, a clip or something like that from your show. Um, it might. That might qualify as commercial use and therefore could raise issues regarding privacy rights, publicity rights, copyright, contract, or any other intellectual property or proprietary rights. Now, you guarantee that there will no, be no fees of any kind due to third parties except as they contemplate, including, that's, for example, union and guild payments, um, if there's musics and, and voc- musicians and vocalists, uh, engineers or producers, so that your use of the content and their reuse of the content – uh, it will be free and at no cost. Fair enough and reasonable. I sort of understand the reasoning for that. Again, a point you may want to uh, consider. Now, uh, the the rest of the document is, um, you know, relates to disputes and where those things will happen and how your account operates and so on. Nothing particularly um, upsetting or extraordinary in here, very typical of terms of use documents. And I will say that although this is Google, a uh, big company, they have done a good job of writing terms of service that are very easy to read and, um, and to, uh, to understand. It's, it's a fairly plain English kind of, of um, terms of use document, although it does include you know over a page of all caps uh, text in the warranty disclaimers and limitations of liability. And you are uh, required to indemnify Google against any claims related to privacy and publicity and defamation and those kinds of things. So, um, you know, that when you get to be carried on a service like Google, you become a little higher profile. And as such, that means that you may be a little bigger of a target than you would have been um, just by yourself. Now, Apple is no small player either. And um, if you're already listed in the iTunes store, you're probably already on the, on the, on the kind of level that you would continue to be on with Google, Google Play Store. But you never know what's going to turn up in a Google search result that, uh, that might um, uh, raise somebody's eyebrows and, and give them cause to think about filing lawsuits or making claims and whatever. And so, you know, if they contact Google, Google contacts you and says, hey, you have to indemnify us. And uh, uh, that can be um, a challenge, <laughs> to say the least. So 
Am I going to be posting my material on uh, the Google Play podcast portal? I think probably not. Um, even though I don't, uh, I don't know, I don't create content that I think is particularly controversial. I do interview people without um, without always going through all the formalities of signed releases and permissions and things like that. And and I do on on my Entertainment Law Update show talk at some length about people who have brought lawsuits who are you know in the public eye or, or in the media because of uh, their their legal wranglings and I would hate to think that um, I have to have permission to mention every lawyer every judge every every litigant uh, and the way I read these documents now that is what I'm saying when I when I list my show on the Google Play Store that that I do in fact have that formal permission to use their their uh, names and likenesses. Now, I would expect that, that some very simple changes to this contract language would still protect Google the way it needs to be protected without putting the onus on me to have permission in every instance. Um, if it said, for example, I have the right to use names, likenesses, etc., and uh, either I have permission or no permission, no such permission is required, then I would be a little more comfortable with it. I'm uh, I'm also gratified to, to to read later in the document that the um, the plan currently is not to include pre roll or post roll ads, uh, but that can change, and that's something to be mindful of as well. And I would sort of want to know a little more about the nature of how they are going to sell ads against the 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 store content. Um, my expectation is it's going to be mostly stuff that they sell through the store that they're promoting in that store next to your free podcast content, but you never know. And so. Um, you know, I think there's a few open questions, and personally, I'm going to take a wait and see approach. Now, the downside of taking a wait and see approach, of course, is that I am not being listed in the in the portal, um, and people who go looking or go listening may not find me. And once they've searched once, they may never search again for entertainment law content, so uh, or law podcasting content, as the case is, is here or whatever. So, uh, yeah, there's some risk uh, associated with not being listed right away. But I don't think that risk is any greater than than um, than if you were just to start your new show today and and not list it immediately, uh, or even if you did list it immediately, it wasn't there when those people searched. So um, the fact of it is, that the RSS feed for my shows and for most of our shows is it's out there. Anybody who has access to the web can access the RSS feed directly. And so, do they need a p- podcast portal like Google Play to to access it? Not technically speaking and not strictly speaking, uh, but again, it is a discovery tool and um, I'll, I'm going to be watching it closely to see whether I feel that the risk is worth the reward and um, if it can grow the audience uh, quickly and, and efficiently, then then maybe I'll reconsider. But for now, I'm going to wait for version 2 of these uh, or maybe 1.1, 1.2 of these uh, terms of service and uh, we'll see how the podcast portal works out. And that's going to just about wrap it up for this episode of the Law Podcasting Podcast. This uh, co- this show is brought to you by Power Podcasting for Lawyers, the only course, the how-to podcasting course created by attorneys for attorneys, where you can learn the ins and outs of creating and producing your own law podcasting to grow your practice by building authority, affinity, and trust with prospective clients and referral sources. So come and check it out. We have short, easy-to-digest video and audio lessons and a community of like-minded lawyer podcasters. Power Podcasting for Lawyers is the best way to get your show off the ground and smoothly uh, and quickly start building excuse me, building your practice. You can learn more about Power Podcasting for Lawyers at lawpodcasting.com. 
And until next time, I'll say thank you very much for listening. And please do give us a review in the iTunes store and now the Google Play podcast portal if you're, list- if you're listening there. I don't know if we'll be there or not. And until next time, I'll say keep on podcasting. Podcasting.